What's up, fools? This is Nigel McGuinness. This is Ring of Honor's Adam Cole. This is the king of old school, Steve Carino. This is Nick and Matt Jackson. What up, what up? This is your boy, ATH. This the undisputed murder king, Keith Burton. Hey, this is TJ Perkins. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is Mike Bondo. This is Bobby Fish, one half of Red Dragon. This is the hit book, Red Titus. And you're listening to the ROH Podcast. Or is it ROH Cast on ROHworld.com? They say they made all podcasts equal. They were wrong. These three guys are something like FBI agents. Be careful. It's the ROH Cast on ROHworld.com. The Team America theme just randomly decided to play there. Uh, it's the zombie podcaster Des with you, along with the American bearded nightmare John. And aside do, from feeling, do overlooked... you know why the uh, Team America theme decided to play right there? Because we are Team America. Because we are Team America. We have the red, white, and blue just pumping through our veins. We can't not play this theme song to open a show. It has to be a thing. Every week now, we just have to play it. Just like. Uh... Outlaw Inc. and their annoying sirens. Ugh, that's the worst. Isn't that the, the most annoying thing in the world? I think it has the potential to be creepy, but they don't go with it. Homicide's mask is creepy, though. That's a good point, but uh, let's not start this podcast off on a negative. Let's, let's, let's start this out with some positivity. By talking about house shows? Um, yeah, I guess. I guess we're going to talk, start out positive, so I guess that's the best way to do it. There were a couple of pretty good shows this weekend. They looked like uh, fun shows from uh, Cincinnati, uh, Dearborn and Columbus. Yes. And Zach Gowan's leg was not stolen, I, I, I must report. That is the most unfortunate news I have ever heard in my life. He still has his leg, still has both his legs, um, the real one and the prosthetic one. Unfortunately, he is not TV champion. No, but I think we need to just quickly run through these results and give our thoughts on each match or the results of each match, if that works for you. Let, let's do it. Okay, the show, uh, Dearborn Show, Pursuit Night 1, occurred November the 15th. And the show opened up with Jay Briscoe issuing an open challenge for his real, quote-unquote, Ring of Honor World Championship. And that open challenge was answered by none other than Silas Young. Hmm. Unfortunately, Silas Young was defeated in about five minutes. See, with with this caliber of talent challenging for the for the real ROH title, no offense to Silas Young, but I'm not feeling like this is the real ROH title. Yeah, I agree with that. Silas Young, as talented as he is, is a lower card talent at this point. It seems like somebody, I don't know, I don't think they'd want to give anybody in the upper card a loss in something like this, though. It could be like the double DQ title. That's true, or Jay Lethal's time limit draw title when he <laughs> held the TV title. Exactly. But uh, during this match, Silas Young tried to cheat, but he was thwarted. Thwarted? Is that how you say it? Thwarted. By Jay Briscoe's little brother, Mark. And that is what ultimately cost him the match. Leading lead to that uh, big strap match. So I guess that's okay if they build to something more like that. Yeah. 
Uh, in the first of two three-ways of the night, Cedric Alexander beat Tadarius Thomas and Bobby Fish. I feel like CNC got a lot of momentum in the show because they had their big title match the next night. And I, I like that that continuity uh, between Ring of Honor shows. Even if they're not in front of the same fans, you kind of have uh, the, the baby faces go over in the first night so that they can look good and, and have a, a, a believable chance against the champions the next night. So that was good. Yeah, I agree. I think it's not really like a weekend-long storyline, but something that unites the two shows. And we've already touched on this, but Matt Taven defeated Zach Gowan to retain the Ring of Honor TV title. Uh, I still think our storyline where he steals the leg is incredible. It could it could be a year-long storyline. Then we could have like a, a, a leg-on-a-pole match or a, a, a ladder match with the leg on top. So many possibilities. How ironic would that be? A ladder match where you have to go up to get your leg. <laughs> We, you know how uh, they sometimes have the match where you have one arm tied, to ha- tied behind your back? Yes. They could have it with Matt Taven, just ties one leg behind his back. <laughs> hey, I'd pay for it. Uh, I, I'm already getting my money up, and this isn't even a real thing. Mm. And in the main event, this was, a uh, I forgot to mention, a television taping. And in the main event of the first episode, Jay Lethal defeated Eddie Edwards. Huh. And that was a first time ever in Ring of Honor match. I know that it's happened in PWG earlier this year. Is that correct? Probably. Everything happens in PWG. That's true. But this sounds like all in all a pretty good first episode. It really caught me off guard that this was going to be a TV taping. Um, they they usually make sure to isolate, you know, come to this show because it's going to be a TV taping. And I heard nothing about it this time. They kind of did the same thing with Glory by Honor, though, too. And I think this is what they're going to start doing more often because the TV tapings haven't really been drawing as well as their other shows. When you can, and you can just see that by watching it on television, see the crowd smaller. Mm-hmm. And I think if they just don't announce it like that and just have it be TV episodes, I think it will work out better. That makes sense to me. It's uh, the house shows or, or whatever. I mean, it's always hard to kind of distinguish between the TV storylines and the house show storylines because TV is always like two months behind it seems like so maybe this will help a little bit I think so I think I think that would be a great idea just for continuity like that the second episode started off with the barrister Artie Evans defeating the legendary Hakeem Zayn that's win number one on what's going to be an amazing streak I can feel it I I really wish they'd push R.D. Evans more. Maybe I know his wrestling isn't up to tier with the Adam Coles or the Roderick Strongs or the Jay Briscoes, but as a character, I think he's one of the best Ring of Honor has. He's a very good comedy act, and and, and I'm a huge fan of comedy wrestling. Like I, I I hate when people just group immediately group comedy wrestling into like a a, a low card act. I feel like I feel like comedy wrestling could be positioned on a, on a higher plane in the wrestling world. Um, I'm, I'm never knocking comedy wrestling, and I think R.D. Evans is just a great, great act at that. And I think the fact that he has Veda Scott, who, who's really good at doing her character, they're just like a great um, a great duo, if you will. And R.D. Evans is just incredibly entertaining. So I, I, I love anything he does, but yeah, I agree with you. I'd like to see him a little bit, a little bit higher, because I think he could, especially with a lot of the guys who are... On the main event level, they're not exactly 
they don't exactly have the best characters. Um, I think you know some of them are, are very no nonsense, like Michael Elgin, for example. He's he's a great wrestler, but his uh, his character is that he takes no nonsense. So I think putting him stoic Michael Elgin with the hilarious R.D. Evans would be great comedy. Oh, absolutely! I, and I would love to see R.D. Evans get a honky tonk man type TV title reign. Oh my god! Yes. Yes, John. I think that would be the most perfect thing to ever happen to Ring of Honor. We we are just single handedly just changing this company. We are. I think we I think we need to uh, apply for Delirious's position. We do. Oh man, Chikara, look out! <laughs> uh, in the second three way of the night, Caprice Coleman defeated Kyle O'Reilly and ACH. So. The CNC Wrestle Factory are getting a ton of momentum heading into their title match the next night. That's yeah, a good little taping that's building to that tag match. Um, so I f- we're going to get the tag match in the main event at some point of a TV taping, and it's going to feel like a big deal. So we'll see what this does for the uh, the angle at the end of the at the end of the night. Uh, the show continued when Mark Briscoe fought Michael Elgin to a no contest when Silas Young interfered. So just continuing that storyline a little bit more. See, okay, why why couldn't you have done that in the first match with? Because I feel like Michael Elgin could beat Silas Young, or uh, uh, Michael Elgin could beat uh, Mark Briscoe. And not only that, he could, he should. I think he's much higher on the card than exactly. Mark Briscoe is. Yeah, you didn't have to. You could have done a double D, uh, no contest in the first match with Jay and Silas Young. I don't know. Oh, uh, the show continued with Roderick Strong defeating Eddie. I mean, de- defeating Davy Richards. That can't be a bad match. Right? They're never bad matches. There, we've just seen them so many times, though. Yeah, was this the main event? No, there's one more match okay. where Adam Cole defeated Jimmy Jacobs to retain the Ring of Honor title, and that was said to be an incredible match. The last time they wrestled, it got. Ridiculous rave reviews, did it not? It did. That was, it was probably one of my favorite Ring of Honor matches of the year still. Yeah, I, I saw Nigel's raving about it, and, and everybody was really high on it. I, I, I think I even went out of my way to see it, and I don't I don't remember it now, honestly. But I, I did. I, I think I was very excited afterward, too. So I'm still not the biggest fan of the storyline, but in, in context of just the match, I'm sure it's going to be great. And the hometown crowd has to add a lot to it, I think. I think so. I think this was the kind of the perfect main event for this show. So that that's three weeks of TV right there for that show, and then the two, next, weeks. Oh, they, two they weeks. They filmed two weeks. Okay, and then the next show um, from Columbus. That's another two weeks. That's a month's worth of TV we're doing. That is, but it doesn't say anywhere on here that this is actually a TV taping. But I wouldn't be surprised if they do turn this into a road rage episode or two. Yeah, I feel like it will be. Because there's a pretty big angle after the main event that I think they need to get on TV. And but let's start, let's start at the beginning of the show, I guess. Let's do it. All right. Pursuit Night 2 from Columbus, Ohio on November the 16th, 2013. The show opened up with Silas Young defeating Tadarius Thomas. Hmm. Sucks to be Tadarius Thomas. It does. 
Jimmy Jacobs defeated sick Rick Matrix with the end time. All right. Uh, after the match, Nigel came out and said he was giving Jacobs a spot in Ring of Honor. Uh, Jacobs talks about wanting a main event final battle, but knows it's not possible after losing the previous night. But he, but he does want a challenge at final battle. Uh, McGinnis informs Jacobs that final battle is full, and Jacobs leaves without shaking his hand. So, I know people are, are, are probably annoyed with me already by my uh, my continual disassemblement of this storyline, but why is Jimmy Jacobs getting a title shot at the world title if he doesn't have a spot in Ring of Honor? Do they um, do they want to be TNA now and 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 have Jimmy Jacobs win the title and then leave and just disappear? I don't know. But whatever, he's got a spot now, everybody. Yay! Yes. Yeah. Now I just hope he does something like Age of the Fall, like and just makes everybody pissed off at him again. <laughs> like, damn it, Nigel! Nigel. <laughs> yeah, like, like like the moment he gets the spot, he just goes out and starts like murdering people in the ring. Somehow Nigel ends up the heel in all of this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the show continued with Tommaso Ciampa beating Mark Briscoe with a top rope Falcon Arrow. I heard the Falcon Arrow got a big pop. Yes, and is this not Ciampa's third different different finishing move in three straight matches? Yes. I don't think I think he needs to settle on a move. I think he's trying to move away from the Project Champa because that can't be good on his knees, especially after having the knee surgery late last year. Yeah, that's what I was thinking because he came back and I thought he has to have a new finisher and he started using it again. It's a really cool move, but yeah, he's he's smart to be working with new moves. Yeah, I think this top rope Falcon Arrow could be something that's really cool. Mm-hmm. And uh, in a proving ground match, Ring of Honor World Champion Adam Cole defeated ACH via the figure four. Well, I guess we're not going to have ACH get a title shot anytime soon. I don't. I, unfortunately, no. I think he's somebody that could be perfect for a surprise title shot on TV or something like that. And they announced March twenty second as a return date for Dayton, Ohio. Yeah, they like Ohio. I mean, what's your opinion on on Ohio? It's all right. It's cold there. Yeah, I don't think I've ever. I actually don't think I've ever been to Ohio. Although I have read in, in certain uh, important scientific journals that um, Cleveland rocks. I have, in fact, heard that Cleveland rocks. Yeah. And Drew Carey's from Cleveland, so it can't be all bad. No, not at all. Uh, in a four-way match, Michael Elgin pinned Roderick Strong to get the win in a match that also involved Matt Taven and Jay Lethal. That feels like a match from the abyss, aside from Michael Elgin. It's just like, it's, everybody has nothing to do, so let's just throw them into this thing, and good times will, will be had by all. That's pretty much what it seems like to me, and they're all talented, so it should be a pretty good match. Uh, Steve Carino then interviewed Jay Briscoe in a segment that got interrupted by Cole and Elgin, and ended with Cole throwing Jay's version of the Ring of Honor title on the ground. It's on now. It is on. It is on like Michelle Kwan. Oh, snap. So, I guess this will be the final build toward their title match. Feels like it. Because they haven't taped more TV for this, have they? 
this is it. This this will be it. Yeah, this is the last show until final battle. So yeah, probably the go home segment. It seems like they should have done something more than just him be like, I don't like your title, Bleh, and throwing it on the ground. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't. It's weird. Like I have. It's been a while since I've seen a, a really good go home segment on Ring of Honor TV. Maybe maybe when uh when Davey fought Eddie the last time, maybe that was the last one. No, you know what? It was when when Elgin challenged Steen. Yeah, was how about was Steen and Davey's go home segment before their border border wars match? I think that was pretty good, wasn't it? I don't remember that. I just loved that whole feud leading up to that. Where where they basically knew that everyone was gonna boo Davy Richards, pretty much yes, and that they just they they legalized the the uh, the package pile driver for just the one night, and this the whole match just revolved around if Steen could hit it just that one time, he'd get it. Yeah, I just thought that was amazing. Yeah, those are some good times in, in Ring of Honor. Speaking of more good times, let's talk about the main event. And a match that was described as unreal and the match of the night. Red Dragon retained their Ring of Honor World Tag Team titles when they defeated the CNC Wrestle Factory after they hit Chasing the Dragon. Now, this match was described as unreal unless Don West sent you the result. I, I, I've got to gotta say this match was probably very good. I think this match was had to be great. Red Dragon are probably one of the best tag teams in the world right now. And CNC seemed they're, – they're really good too. They never got the opportunities they they deserved, I don't think. But they are a very good tag team. And when you put four people this talented in the ring together, you're not going to get anything short of a very good match. Yeah. Um, I know I've been very critical of, of this as well, saying that uh, – CNC Wrestle Factory have gotten like a thousand title shots, and I think they agree with me, judging by what happened post match. Yes, uh, after the match, Coleman put over Cedric Alexander in a big way, but then he breaks up the team without turning on him and allows Cedric Alexander a shot as a singles guy. There's a lot of speculation heading into this match that this would be the end of CNC, but everybody thought that either. Alexander would turn on Coleman or vice versa. And I think it's refreshing to kind of see that they can just go their separate ways without hating each other. Isn't that what we said last week that that we expected to turn? That's what that's what I think that's what we said and I think that's what Harry and I discussed for 6 to 8 weeks in a row. Cuz <laughs> Harry thought that Coleman would turn on Alexander and I thought the other way around because Coleman's gimmick is that he's a preacher and you can't really boo a preacher. And then Harry brought up Reverend Devon, and that ruined my whole argument. <laughs> oh, Reverend Devon. I don't know. I feel like Cedric would be the heel, just because I've seen him as a heel in like PWX in North Carolina and Pro Wrestling Evo, and he is just so night and day from, from the Ring of Honor, Cedric Alexander, that we all know. He is just he's, – he's, he's, he's an intimidating man in, in, in those companies. And I feel like if he brought that character to Ring of Honor – it, it would uh, it would be like culture shock for some fans who have never seen it before. Yeah, I have yet to see it. I've heard nothing but rave reviews and great things about it. And I was hoping we'd get to see it, but I guess they're holding off a little bit longer for that. Eh, they'll do it. I feel like they'll do it. They'll they'll have a reunion of sorts or something, something special. And hopefully they don't go right back to tagging together, though. Like, uh, like, like the Road Scholars? <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
Oh, Rhodes Scholars. And that wraps up last weekend's Ring of Honor action. That was, uh, that was, you'll be seeing that on TV, it looks like. And I don't know if they're still doing those things on, uh, the, the VOD house shows. I know they used to for a while, which is pretty cool, but I don't know if they'll be doing that. But if they do, you can order it on the interwebs or you'll be watching it on TV soon. So looks like we have some good results from TV. And and next week on TV, you're going to get a thousand hour match, apparently. That's what it seems like to me. We thought that it was this week, but apparently it's next week. Yeah, they're, they're making us wait, John. Yeah. But I don't want to make the fans wait any longer. The ROH cast for us. So why don't we get to the news in Ring of Honor? Here's John. We only have one bit of news this week, but it is some pretty major news. The American Wolves competed at NXT on November 21st under the new under the new team name. The American Pitbulls. Awesome. It was a it was a part of their week long tryout that could lead to a contract for in, for WWE's developmental system, and the American Pitbulls lost to NXT Tag Team Champions the Ascension in a non title match. Why didn't they just go by the American Wolverines? That is so much cooler. Right? I didn't even think about that. That was the first thing I thought of. But I was the American Pitbulls. What? That doesn't even roll off the tongue in any way. No, in no way at all. That's such a jobber name, which, you know, I guess makes sense in this situation. But I don't know. What, what do you? Let, let's talk about this because we've been talking. We've been talking, kind of speculating for the last couple of months about this ever since their first tryout. The fact that they were invited back. I mean, it's it's promising, but I I, I don't feel like it's any any indication that they've locked anything down. Um. If if they were to get signed to say WWE, where would you see Davy Richards or Eddie Edwards, or as they'd probably be renamed Richard Davies and Edward Eddies? <laughs> How would you see them faring in the developmental system? I could see uh, Davy Richards doing a lot better than Eddie Edwards in the developmental system, but I could see Eddie Edwards improving more than Davy Richards. If that makes any sense? Mm-hmm. No, it does because they're very intense about their training and and how you hone your, your, your psychology in the ring. And I think, I mean, Davey Richards, he's got one promo. You know what I mean? Like, he's got the one that we see after every Ring of Honor show. Yeah. Main events. Um, Eddie Edwards, really nice guy. But when he cuts a promo, it's like he's got marbles in his mouth. That's pretty much exactly it. I think that's why they keep it to, I'm Eddie Edwards, and he's Davey Richards. And we are the American Wolves. And I'm going to chop your face. Yes. I still wish they would have made that a bigger deal. That, would have, that, that could have gone somewhere, you know? Like Velvet Sky's in your face. Eddie Edwards just chops your face. Maybe Roderick Strong can steal it now. Maybe he can. Maybe there's a, there. I, I watched like one PWG show this week. I know I keep on bringing PWG up. where Not this week, but this year. Where Roderick Strong chopped Adam Cole in the testicles. <laughs> Adam Cole deserved it. He's He's been a very mean man. And I think that should be a key part of Roderick Strong's gimmick. Anything to revitalize Roderick Strong in Ring of Honor is 
perfectly good by me. But anyway, uh, the Wolves coming into WWE doing their thing. I feel I feel like they I feel like they'd get a bad rep, and I think they they really have to change their style if they want to make it in the company because I I can just see them doing really well in NXT. Then going up to the main roster and them being inundated with complaints that these guys hit too hard. These guys don't know how to work, you know. And this is—I know this isn't the WWE cast or anything, but that's that's the uh, the overriding mentality right now. Is we see these indie guys coming to WWE and they significantly they they all significantly change their style up. And I think that you could—I think water down their style is the wrong word. I. You know, WWE has wrestlers, you know, have their set moveset they do for most matches. And I think Davey Richards and Eddie Edwards' movesets could easily be broken down into something that's more television, WWE television friendly. I don't think that's that would be a problem. I think them learning how to slow down would be the problem. Exactly. If, that makes, if, that, if you understand what I'm trying to say there. Absolutely. I remember watching, um, I watched with, with, completely non-wrestling fans i watched an episode of impact where there was like an x division match and then we watched an episode of raw and they were much more impressed by raw compared to the x division because they felt like the action on raw is so much slower but everything seems to mean more as opposed to when we watch the x division there was just move after move after move if that makes any sense Um, yeah and and so that's the style from WWE is, is things need to mean more. So yeah, they they have to kind of understand the art of of pause and and letting uh letting moves breathe as opposed to going into the next big kick. And I think the reason I said I think Davy Richards could be more successful in NXT is because he actually can I think portray a character better than Eddie Edwards. I think he has more charisma and more. The, of the it factor that Eddie Edwards does. Yeah, I, we saw that before. I mean, Ed, I mean, Davey Richards at one point was the, you know, the the top star in Ring of Honor and a huge fan favorite. I remember going into, uh, oh God, I think it was Final Battle 2010 where he wrestled Roderick Strong for the title. It was like, that was an emotional roller coaster, man. You wanted to see Davey Richards win that title. And I, you know, I feel like they may have waited a little too long and, and 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 giving him the title a little too, you know, late. But that match was just uh, it was an awesome roller coaster. And Davey Richards did such a good job there, just being that sympathetic character. And you know, uh, I I haven't seen too much of his heel stuff. Um, have have you, have you seen Davey Richards as a heel, John? Only during his Ring of Honor run as the heel with the American Wolves early on. But I thought it was looking back. And especially, and then you know his matches in Canada, where the Canadians—he's like the Ring of Honor Shawn Michaels. The Canadians just hate him. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've seen those. Those are—he—he's—he he has so much fun as the heel. And I think that's what I'd love to see him as in WWE. I think he can be a really entertaining heel in NXT. I'm not sure if it would be effective because he's going to be the size difference between him and probably a lot of the wrestlers in NXT. But I think he could make a very good, like, small bully type guy. The more we talk about this, the more I, I want to see it happen. Because I feel like Davey could be very effective in that role. 
again, I don't know how high he'd get on the main roster, but I feel like he'd, you know, he'd be on national TV. He'd be a good mid Carter. I don't know. Like every time you think WWE, I think I think everybody assumes we just want to see somebody get to the main event, but. I feel like everybody has their place, you know, and Davy Richards would be great just kind of there and in, in, in working with guys and having great matches on pay-per-views. I, I don't really I don't necessarily see a main eventing. I hope I'm wrong. I hope I do, because I was wrong about Daniel Bryan. Look what he's done. I could not have been more wrong about Daniel Bryan. Yes. I, I remember when he first signed criticizing, you know, obviously loving his work and stuff, but just thinking, you know, I don't know about his promos. I don't know about any of this stuff. And. Boy, look at me now. <laughs> so I don't know. We'll see. I want to. I want to put it out there though to the ROH Cast Force on the forum, and on our Facebook, and on our Twitter ROH underscore World, and we'll, we'll maybe have a more more involved discussion about this next week, John. But the idea that we have Triple H now, who's supposedly in full control of, of talent and and bringing in new guys and stuff, he's been much more open to the idea of bringing in indie talent and uh, a lot, you know, he still likes the big guys. I think it's, it's, it's a mentality that's always going to be there because it's wrestling. Um, But he's much more open to bringing in these guys. What effect, if any, is that going to have on companies like ring of honor who make basically where they eat is basically with, smaller guys indie guys not 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 too many big guys you know is is ring of honor eventually gonna just feel like a feeder system for the wwe Uh, an unofficial feeder system if you will or or does it not already slightly feel like that it kind of does right but some i mean you don't necessarily know and i feel like as we get more signings it's gonna get even more obvious I think what's really making this obvious, because it's always kind of been like that. Ring of Honor was always known for losing people, but always having somebody there to step up and replace them. And go, kind of going through through this kind of thing every year where they'd lose a big name, and then somebody was there to take the torch and run with it. I think what is exposing it now is there's not, I don't want to say lack of talent on the indie scene, but the saturation of talent on the indie scene where... You have either Ring of Honor guys, and then you have Gabe guys, and they can't work with each other. And I think that's kind of is what's causing the the thin rosters on both sides. I think if they were allowed to work on both shows, we wouldn't be having a problem with them filling in the next generation of Ring of, Ring of Honor stars. But as it stands now... You kind of look around like, all right, who is going to be the guy that steps up and carries the torch? Totally agree. This idea of contracts is is very much uh, – it's, it's not helping things. Um, I, I think that's why PWG is so popular is because that's where they blur the idea of contracts. And like next weekend uh, or uh, next month at PWG, they're doing Johnny Gargano versus Adam Cole. That's the Dragon Gate USA champion against the Ring of Honor champion. That's uh, – I, I mean he might not be champion – by the time that happens, because final battles week before, but that's uh that's a big match, you know, and and that's one that you would never see in Ring of Honor. That's one that you would never see in Dragon Gate USA. But we're seeing it in PWG. I feel like it's really hard to say Gabe and Ring of Honor working together ever again. But if you could knock down those barriers, 
you could have a much more revitalized scene because those are when you think of indie wrestling, Ring of Honor and and you know to a lesser extent but but still very much there, Dragon Gate USA. Those are the those are promotions you really consider as being the forerunners of what we get on an indie wrestling intake. And I think that's the divide between the talent is what's making us kind of not fear but nervous about who will be the next Ring of Honor star because we used to never worry about that. We used to be like, oh, there's this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy, and this guy who can fill in when so-and-so leaves. But now we don't have that, especially now with the loss, the potential loss of the Wolves. Right. That's two guys who can either be main eventers or be great in the mid-card and tag teams. And that is a huge loss and a big hole to fill. Yeah, you lost those utility players, and, and you're right. Like We saw this past weekend, they've been just uh, – or not this past weekend, but uh, we, we've seen in the last couple of months they've been putting over guys, just making them look good because I think they they know that they're, they, if it's not WWE, they're going on to a new chapter in their careers in some degree. And, and I don't know that for sure, but that's just the message they seem to be sending. So I want the ROH cast force to weigh in on this next week. You know, talking about WWE and all that stuff, but also contracts on the indie scene. Are they good? Are they bad? How can we fix them? Do you have ideas to blur the lines a little bit and revitalize things? You know, get some DGUSA talent, Ring of Honor, Ring of Honor talent, Dragon Gate, or other things. And we got Roderick Strong working an FIP show next month. Is that something we're going to see a little more of? So weigh in, leave your topics on the Twitter, ROH underscore world, the forum, ROHworld.com slash forum, and other things. And we'll read them just like we're going to read your questions as we get into listener topics right now on the ROH cast. Last week, we didn't have that many questions. So we asked the ROH cast force to step their game up. Man up. And do you know what they did? They manned up? They manned up in a big way. Yeah. We have quite a few questions to get to this week. Proud of you so guys. Let's, so let's not waste any time getting to them. Uh, let's start on Facebook where Drew Rogers asks, Talk about which title reigns were more important than the reigns and which reigns were more important than the title wins. He gives an example of Joe's reign was much more important than his win, but Gibson's win may have been more important than his reign. The Gibson one's a really good example because that was obviously a transitional uh, transitional thing. Um, the one that I'm thinking of is, is, is Brian Danielson because he won it, and I don't know. like I wasn't watching it at the time. I guess it would have been a big deal that Danielson won it, but I feel like he really became that great heel champion that beat everybody, you know, as his reign progressed. So I might say Daniel or uh, Brian Danielson was a great reign um, as opposed to a great win. And it was a great win as well. But, you know, the reign is just it's also it was like eight years ago. So it's also shrouded in legend now, kind of. Yeah. So I'd probably go with uh, Brian Danielson. Uh, for me, I'm going to go with the win was better than, or not better than the rain, but more important than the rain. I'm going to go with Homicide when he defeated Danielson. Yeah. Yeah, because again, that's a great way of like things getting set up 
and you get you, this rain sets it all up, and then you know the wind has to matter, and then the cycle begins again. You got to make the rain matter. It's uh, it's a complex thing to do in wrestling these days because there's a lack of patience, and I think this this is a perfect example of 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 them being patient and and things finally paying off. Another another important an important win, but I think for different reasons, uh, was Tyler Black's win. Because again, that was at a time when Ring of Honor was so they liked they were playing with the idea of the chase a little too much. Um, to oh, the, absolutely <laughs> to the point where he got overdone, and and then Tyler Black won, but it was important for a different reason because it was like if he had just done this like six months ago, this would have been huge, and now it's you know it's big. We like that he won, but now it's not. We didn't get the effect that we would have half a year ago absolutely he because austin aries won his second title in june of 2009 right tyler black didn't unseat him until february 2010 yeah yeah i it it took a while It, it took a while but uh there you go what was the significance do you think were you watching at the time um, I was I was honestly watching Ring of Honor in and out until like 2010. Uh, Austin Aries is the only man in history to win the title twice. Was that second win a big deal, or was the reign more important in your eyes? I think the reign was more important. The title it's the title win itself happened at Manhattan Mayhem three, I believe it was I believe it was three, and it was set up. Pretty much that night, it was supposed to be Aries and Jerry Lynn going one-on-one. And then Tyler Black cashed in, I believe it was his survival of the fittest win earlier that night, to make it a three-way. So Aries defeated Black like that because they eliminated Lynn first to define the new champion. And pretty much Aries' whole reign was pretty much him just being the cowardly heel and avoiding Tyler Black and finding ways out of matches with Tyler Black. There you go. Well, that was a, uh, yeah. Those are a couple big things right there. So thanks for the question. Uh, we have another question on Facebook from Ken Smell. He goes, uh, "Do you think splitting up C and C was a good idea? I think they, I really think they could have been a flagship team for the company. I agree, they could have been a flagship team for the company. But at this point, I think this was what would have been best for both men's careers." Yeah, I don't know if I would have seen them ever being a flagship team for the company. I I think they were good where they were, and that's it. But you know, maybe have a title run, but not necessarily. You know, when you say flagship of the company, I, it's it's a little hard to have a flagship tag team. Period. Right now, that's true. That's true. Um, but I I totally agree with the idea of splitting them up. I just again I'm biased because I've seen Cedric do heel stuff, and I don't know if they're going to turn him heel here. He's also a good baby face. I just like him better as a heel. But um, it's good. I do want to see the feud, though, with, with Cedric and Caprice. I know it's it's cliche, and it's nice to see them not break up a tag team and have them hate each other. But I just, to me, in my warped wrestling brain, it feels incomplete until somebody kicks somebody else through a barbershop window. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. And I wouldn't be surprised if they tease it a little bit before it happens, where they seem to be happy they're going with the ways. I wouldn't be surprised if maybe... Coleman has a little bit more initial success than Alexander, and Alexander gets jealous mm. and snaps on him or something like that. 
See, in any other company, I would say that you out of your mind, but it's Ring of Honor, and they, they're very patient. They're very smart with what they do sometimes. So I can definitely see that happening here, and I'd really enjoy that. Anything to get us to heal Cedric Alexander at some point. Yes. Because I also think a heel Cedric Alexander versus ACH feud would be amazing. Oh my God! Stop it. Yes, that would be that would be so much fun to watch, and, and uh, they could do like so many different match types with just all sorts of flippy goodness and fun. Absolutely. And our final Facebook question of the day comes from Stephen Ronald Jackson, and he asks, "Do you think Chris Hero should be giving an given a Ring of Honor title run if he returns to the company? Just for just for showing up." Um, I, I guess if he returns and they give him and he gets a contract and he's given a run with the company, do you think he should get a, t- a title run? Maybe. He never got a title run when he was first there, did he? He's never won the title, no. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, I guess, like, if you have a void to fill, I mean, I feel like if you did put the title on Hero, it would be more of, like, this guy's the champion, and I feel like he would be a heel. And, you know, as much of a heel as Chris Hero could be in Ring of Honor. But he would definitely have to be portrayed as a heel. And then you have the young upstart who's never been in WWE, who's never had the opportunity, finally knock him off and, and Hero puts him over. Um, I don't... I mean, that's the only way I see it working. And, I, like, I don't feel like he should be champion or, like, get a title shot immediately just for showing up. I feel like it's going to be a thing where he has to prove himself against all the young guys who the young heels who, who sort of feel like hero is, is entitled in a way. And that's how I see it playing out. If it comes back, I mean, Hey, we still don't know if we're going to see him at final battle or not. Yeah. We're not even hundred percent sure if he'll even return to ring of honor, but if he does, I don't know if I'd want him to get a title run title matches, obviously, of course, but I don't know if I want him to get a full on run with the world title. I think I would like to see him more with the TV title. Really? I think so. I would love, because like you said, I think he should work with like the younger guys and really have them build up and put over, and I think he can do that better with the TV title. Well, if you want to elevate the TV title, that's a great path to go, because right now, I'm sorry, but Matt Taven hasn't done much. Not necessarily Matt Taven, but the gimmick hasn't really... I think it's really devalued the TV title, and whoever wins it off of Taven is going to have a lot of work to do. Um, to make that thing matter again. Like, there was a point where they didn't have a world champion, and so they said, well, we don't have world champion, so we're going to emphasize the tag titles. And I'm thinking, you have another singles champion. Yeah. Um, I think that, that hurt the TV title yeah. immensely. And I don't think it's Taven that's hurt the title. I don't think it's Martinez that's hurt the title. I don't think it's... His matches that have hurt the title, his matches have been mostly pretty good. I think it's the fact that he has yet to be put in a storyline since winning the title that's hurt the title. Yeah, that and just this, the lack of the storyline and also the lack, or also just the gimmick. Um, there's a heavy gimmick around this guy. You rarely see gimmicks in Ring of Honor. And this is like a good comedy thing. It's funny, but you shouldn't have the TV title associated with it in, in my view. Um, so it's, that's the thing that hurts it. I thought, um, so if, yeah, if you want to make this thing matter, if you want to kind of knock off this, this comedy thing, um, hero's the guy to do it with. 
How about if Hero they like, makes a surprise appearance at Final Battle after Champa wins the TV title and challenges Champa for it? Mm, that would that would be huge. I would pay a lot of money to watch that match. And moving on, we now have uh, questions on the ROH forum, ROH World Forum, and you can find that at rohworld.com. Uh, the first question comes from uh, Die Harder, who actually comments on last week's show. He says he really enjoys the new team. He thinks that will be great, uh, that he enjoyed the banter, and he was most impressed by your indie knowledge. Oh, well, thank you. Uh, I, I try to uh, dip into as many indies as I can. I read an indie news column for other websites, so I, I try to be well-versed. I don't watch everything, but I watch what I can. Uh, he says he understands this is the Ring of Honor podcast, but the Chikara PWG Dragon Gate USA CZW talk was most welcome, especially considering it involves Ring of Honor's current roster. But he, uh, he says uh, he did note that you seemed a bit rusty on the current Ring of Honor storylines. Uh, have you? Have, and he wants to know if you'd stopped watching for a while, or if you just haven't been keeping up to date. Yeah, well, I used to watch Ring of Honor all the time because I used to do this the ROH cast with you guys. I also um, used to write columns for the figure four weekly newsletter recapping tv and i got just really burnt out on ring you on tv i just um so it felt like a chore to watch after a while and after a while somebody else took over the column and i just stopped watching so yeah i i haven't been watching for like two months and two months is a really long time in ring of honor because you have the tv and you have the house shows and you have the stupid little angles they shoot on the internet which I don't get it because they're a TV company now, but they shouldn't be doing that. Um, so, yeah, it, it, I am a little rusty on the storylines, and I <laughs> I was talking to John. I still haven't seen TV for this week. I need to get a lot better about sitting down and actually watching the TV again. Um, so I'll get better on the storylines. I'm, I'm starting to fall back into it, but, yeah, I'm, I am a little rusty right now. Uh, he, he continues. Uh, he really got his, his money's worth with these questions this week. Uh, he continues, uh, there's only been five matches announced for Final Battle, but it already feels like there's too many stipulations. Do we really need a strap match and a stretcher match for those feuds? It does feel like Cornette booking again. I don't know. It's Ring of Honor. I, the, the thing I like about uh, Delirious' booking is it feels very progressive, very modern, in the sense that there's a, there's a lack of gimmicks, and this is kind of going back. It's go back going backwards a little bit. And I understand that you need something to make final battle feel special, but how long have Silas Young and Mark Briscoe actually been feuding? Like, do you really need a strap match here? Yeah, I think I would replace the strap match with a two out of three falls match for them. Something or no DQ match or something like, I don't know the falls count anywhere match. I mean, the strap match just feels a strap match in general, like I don't know if that ever works anymore. You know, like Wahoo McDaniel isn't over anymore. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's, it's not that time. And I think we gave our thoughts on stretcher matches last week. I think that's the dumbest idea ever. I just, I don't know. We talked about bad gimmick matches last week, but yeah, the stretcher match. It's a thing. It's going to happen. Uh Kevin Steen's going to win, Mike Bennett's going to lose, and then they'll go on to whatever things they have planned next. And finally, he wraps up, lastly, 
Not much has been mentioned of Champa versus Taven at Final Battle. Is everything? Is everyone else thinking this is a lock for a title change? And uh, he he could, he asked, does the TV title seem a little below Champa at this stage? I think he's a world title contender. I, I we just finished talking about me being rusty on Ring of Honor storylines. I actually had no idea he was challenging for the title until you brought it up a few minutes ago. Um, so there you go. I I like Champa a lot, so I want to see him win. And like I said, I'm not overly happy with Matt Taven as the champion. So I, even though he's that title, to be fair, has helped, has pushed him and he's improved tremendously in the ring. Um, but I think it's time to see a change and champ, I think would be perfect. Um, as far as if he's above the title, he's like in that purgatory right now. He's at, in that point between the TV title, but not, He's obviously not in the main event picture right now, so I feel like if if you want to kind of sort of elevate the title, put it on a killing machine like Champa. Yeah, I think so too. And when they announced this match originally, I thought the same thing that Champa was above the title. But then I saw somebody on the forum, I can't remember who, make a good point. Champa isn't going to win the world title anytime within the next six months or so. And and they're gonna and this gives him something to do, gives him a title, gives him credibility, and elevates the title, much like when Adam Cole won the title about a year and a half ago. Right. Yeah. And I was like, and I was like, that makes perfect sense. Exactly. Yeah. He's um, they they've booked him. I mean, they they've made him a little more vulnerable since he came back because they had to, um, because he's a babyface, but he's still for the most part viewed as this guy who will tear you apart if he steps in the ring with you. Um, so I feel like that's a great aura of mystique to have around your TV champion. So whoever has to challenge him knows that they're not coming out of this uh, unscarred. Uh, the next question is our friend from Poland, Felker Pat. He asks, what do you think have been the best and worst title reigns for any title in Ring of Honor since you began following the company. Wow. Hmm. Can you think of anything off the top of your head? Um, I guess by default, the worst title reign has to be El Generico's TV title reign. <laughs> yes. That felt so rushed. Uh, God. Um, Eddie Edwards' world title reign was pretty uneventful. It was yeah. Uh, that that was another going back to the question we had earlier. That was another title win was better than the title reign. Yeah, and even like, I I love Eddie Edwards, but that felt so transitional, and I felt like he had worked so hard in Ring of Honor, like he deserved a good, eventful title reign. Um, and, and instead, it was just sort of a transition to put it on Davy Richards. Uh, but yeah, that was a pretty uneventful title reign. I hmm. What about a really good title reign? It's got to be, like, really good since we started watching. Kevin Steen's was really good, I think. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I really enjoyed uh, Christopher Daniels' time as TV champion. Yes, I was going to say that one, too. Yeah, I started watching kind of halfway through that, but I, I really enjoyed that reign. Um, for tag team titles, um... Past year and a half has been really bad for the most part for TV titles, except Red Dragon's two reigns. 
Yeah, that that hot shot period earlier, uh, or like in August time, that was that was totally unnecessary. I think is the best way to put it. Yeah, uh, the American Wolves uh, tag title reign back in two thousand nine was very good. Yeah, that was awesome. I remember that. That was great. The Briscoes have had like a thousand title reigns. So I'm sure one of those were really good. <laughs> At least one. <laughs> Um, I don't, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard. I'm sure there were some bad ones that I can't think I'm especially in the tag title scene, because they have had terrible things happen in the tag team division since they started. Um, you know, like carnage crew, for example. <laughs> yeah. 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 Listen to the past, uh, about almost, uh, 18 months of titles of, of uh, tag team title reigns. The, Wrestling's greatest tag team defeated defeated the Briscoes, and that was the match where Charlie Haas used the ether. Ah, with the infamous soundbite. And the infamous toot toot. There you go. So that actually might be my favorite title win of all time then. Because that that win meant something to the ROH cast force, so that's all that matters. Yes, and then one month later, the All Night Express won the titles. That's, that's the worst reign, right there. Yeah, yep, that's true. That wins. That's, that's got to be the worst. Totally forgot about that. I, I I don't remember. I barely remembered it too. Who's Kenny King anyway? He hasn't been on TV in like three months. Do you think he regrets his decision? Yeah, yeah. Because you're not. At least in Ring of Honor, you're working at least once a month back then, and now it's even more. So, yeah, I'd I'd regret his decision. Yeah, I wish he stuck around. Yeah. And then we had the fiasco of that getting vacated. Then we had a really bad scum rain, I think. I didn't enjoy it too much. Then we had the hot shot of the belts about a month ago. So uh, the TV, the tag team titles have been really bad for the past year and a half or so. But I think world titles, we've had some good ones. I thought Kevin Steens was really good. Davey Richards had some good matches towards the end. He had good matches throughout, but they kind of over overdid the Roderick Strong and Eddie Edwards matchups, but his last few were really good. Uh, Tyler Blacks I enjoyed quite a bit. So, I mean, most of the last few world title reigns have been really good. To me, Davey Richards was very disappointing because I I really wanted to see it happen. I really wanted to see him win the title. And again, like I said earlier, they did it too late. And then the the first part of his reign was kind of boring. Like, he didn't... You know, he was defending the title, but it wasn't, like, the most exciting thing in the world. And then he fought. The last bit got really good, you know, and he did the match with Elgin. And then he lost it to Steen. It was like, oh. And it was hard because you realize he had the title for almost a year, but it didn't feel like it. Yeah, he had 10 defenses in about a year. I, I would could have never told you that. I just it felt like he wrestled a couple guys and he lost the title. He had and one, two, three of the five of those ten either involved Roderick Strong, Eddie Edwards, or Jay Lethal. Awesome. Do we have any more questions? We do in fact have several more questions. Right. Ninety two cannonball says, I feel like Red Dragon have really emerged this year and are now the most entertaining thing in Ring of Honor with great matches 
and funny promos, etc. Who do you think will break out in 2014 and have a similar impact? CNC for a long time were just guys, and then Caprice Coleman started singing, and I think that's what helped them break out. Yeah. I don't know what's going to happen in 2014. Do you think Tadarius Thomas and ACH are, are going to suddenly develop personalities? I think ACH could more so than Tadarius Thomas. I'm trying to find a singles guy that could really break out. Do you think Cheeseburger could get a more prominent role? The fans love him. The fans do love him. I don't know, man. I I, I know he's had a couple matches, but I've yet to actually see a Cheeseburger match. They are entertaining. They're exactly what you'd want out of a Cheeseburger match. Okay. See, I, I, I don't know. Maybe he'll just do comedy for a little bit, which is fine. I, I enjoy the comedy stuff. Uh, God, um... Maybe maybe Eddie Kingston. As a singles guy, I, again, I just I don't want to say that because that just puts the nail deeper in the Jakar <laughs> coffin. Um, probably, you know what? Um, Silas Young. I mean, he's been doing stuff now, but I feel like if given the opportunity, he could really break out and just have some amazing matches in Ring of Honor. Uh, he does yeah. stuff in. In a AEW in Chicago, he had a couple of really good matches uh, matches with Michael Elgin um, that just would blow you away um, last year, and I think this year as well. Um, and I think if they gave him the opportunity to do that in Ring of Honor, he could really just shoot up the roster. So I'd say Silas Young, and again, I don't know who else you could bring in. It's 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 a, another matter of bringing in other guys and having them sort of get get their shot so we'll see if you could pick any two guys from dragon gate usa or evolve or any other unsigned talent that's not signed to ring of honor or that or the games companies who would you pick johnny gargano absolutely and uh hmm. for me gargano's a lock um Probably an obvious pick, but Ricochet. Okay, I, I can, I, I, I can't disagree with that. I know I said pick two, but I'm going to pick three. All right, Johnny Gargano, and only because I can't choose between the next two for different reasons. Either Rich Swan, right, for the same reasons as Ricochet, but I think he has a little bit more personality, or Brian Cage. Yeah. I don't know if Brian Cage – I guess that's the whole point. But I don't know if Brian Cage would fit in, in Ring of Honor. I just think he's something so different than what Ring of Honor has. Exactly, yeah. It could work. Um, I think if he tagged with Michael Elgin, they would have to change their name for uh, FCC reasons. But uh, Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, that, that that might be fun, yeah. Um, I feel like that would hurt Michael Elgin, though, in the long run because he's so special right now. As the guy. That's, yeah, true, true. Yeah, so forget Brian Cage, just Rich Swan then. Rich Swan is so entertaining though. You're right. Um he's he could be like a, a if done if used properly, he could be a very over uh over charismatic guy in, in Ring of Honor who can fly and is just so good at being the sympathetic baby face. Because I think he could be the perfect opening guy and the perfect guy who can just fill in in the main event, too. Yeah, he's a utility player. That's what I love about him. And tag team stuff. Yeah. And 92 Cannonball finished up saying he enjoyed the new team and loved all the extra indie references we make. All right. Well, thank you. 
Uh, our next question is from Burnside, who says, God bless America and the new All-American pod podcast team. Woo! And uh, he asks, we are now one year into Delirious' tenure as Booker without Cornette. I can't believe it's been a year already. Wow, that's kind of unreal. Uh, can you please deliver a, a letter grade for his booking over the past 12 months, A, B, C, D, or F, and explain your rating? Wow, that is a good question. That is a very good question. All right, let, let's 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 break this down, John. Let's try and if if we can remember the top storylines over the past year, then we should be able to distribute a more effective grade. So, final battle of last year. I don't even remember what the main event was. It was oh, it was Kevin Steen and El Generico in the latter war. Okay, so right there, you're starting off sort of a throwback to the, uh, you know, what made Ring of Honor work. And it was kind of a bow on the Christmas present under the tree. Yeah, so he wrapped up that big storyline, and Kevin Steen had to win because he was the guy sticking around. He did, and then he had Steen go on, lose the title to Jay Briscoe, which caught everybody off guard, but apparently was supposed to happen. Um, was planned to happen before Steven and Steen even lost the title, or uh, before he even won the title. Excuse me. I yeah, feel and, like that's and that came leave. seemed to come out of nowhere and didn't wasn't really seemed like it was built up that much. It was it was a yeah like if that was planned to happen, right? Then I would have put a little more emphasis on Jay Briscoe before he actually got the shot because it felt so haphazard. Like, oh, by the way, Jay Briscoe's challenging at uh, Glory by Honor or Supercard of Honor. It's like, okay, why? Yeah, because they came in the same announcement that Adam Cole was getting the title shot at Border Wars. So it wasn't even like a special standalone announcement. Exactly. So that that to me, I think, loses he, he loses some points on that. But also during this time was uh, Steen's kind of not turning his back on scum but steen starting to break away from scum and scum growing in numbers with the matt hardy and cliff compton and rhett titus as well yeah and the never-ending six-man wars involving scum versus ring of honor yeah that loses points with me too i just that just felt like ring of honor trying to be everybody else because everyone was doing it at that point it was, even chikara was doing it at that point and, and then everybody stopped doing it and then pwg did it <laughs> it doesn't end <laughs> except it's pwg so nobody's complaining about it now but anyway um so you had that stuff and then scum I'll, I'll give them credit on this as much as i hated the scum thing they did make the end of scum feel very special with the steel cage war, uh, warfare yeah they did do a very good job with that and maybe that was just me being happy that the team was finally over i don't know <laughs> Now, I think they built that up as a huge defining moment of ring and like Ring of Honor's history. I don't know if we can put the Jay Briscoe stuff if we could hold that against Delirious. I, 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 I don't know what they had planned for him. If he would have stayed around as champion, how long he would have been champion. Um, but the main thing that bothers me is that they basically gave him a summer vacation. He gets injured in July, comes back in September. That's what bothers me. They could have put the belt on somebody else instead of vacating it, holding the tournament, and then have Jay Briscoe come back immediately afterwards. 
Yeah, it's a little silly. I don't know. Those you have some real world circumstances there, and and you know, because potentially he couldn't have come. He would have not come back. Yeah, there was a thought that he would have signed somewhere else, and he didn't. So they brought him back, and they're doing the best they could. And they did use that opportunity to finally strap the strap the rocket to Adam Cole's back. So I got to give him points for that. Yeah, and really kind of jump on a, on a young talent, and and you know. Finally turn him heel, which he's just so much better at being. And also during this time was the hot potatoing of the Ring of Honor titles, tag team titles. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. That depends on how you look at it. I, For me, I look upon it unfavorably. I feel like it's, you know, you shouldn't hot potato a title like that. But I think that they were trying to send a message at that point saying we have so many good tag teams. Look. Not even the best team in the world can hold on to the title for very long because our tag team division is so good. So I don't know how to look at that. How, did you look at that positively? I, I It kind of became a running joke on the ROH cast okay. for a little while, so not really. Yeah. Um, and then obviously you have this stuff going on with – I don't know what's going on right now with the strap matches and the stretcher matches. I guess just this final battle. So, But also, yeah, I think about people who have nothing going on like Jay Lethal or Roderick Strong, the American Wolves, have pretty much nothing to do. Yeah, they're quite stagnant. Um, I think at one, you know when you had the tournament going on, it was a big part of TV and a big part of just the Ring of Honor landscape. And since then, since you had a, a, a time with no real storylines, now it's like, well, how are we going to start something? And even... Until the last few months, up until the injury at All-Star Extravaganza, Mike Bennett wasn't doing much other than showing up, wrestling Lance Storm every once in a while, and then disappearing. Yeah, that Lance Storm thing could have been a big deal for him, but I think that was still uh, Jim Cornette. That was still, yeah, it was still Cornette, but even, even earlier this year, he'd show up, wrestle a match, then disappear for a month or two, show up, wrestle a match, disappear for a month or two. Yeah. I feel like that was when they thought he was going to sign somewhere else. That's um, true, yeah. So I, I think we pretty much hit on all the main stories from this year already. Yeah, you know, I think Delirious' booking has had a lot of bad, but it's also had a lot of good. So I think it balances. I think when people uh, like to evaluate things, they they focus on the bad and they forget the good. But I think when you consider the good, it, it does balance. So I, I would give him a... a, a a solid B right now in his booking for the, just for the past year. I know he's been a little over a year, but from final battle until right now, I would give him a B. I would give him a solid C because I think the good and the bad are almost about even. And I think that overall the product lacks the excitement or the edge that it needs to really draw new people in. But overall it hasn't been bad. It hasn't it just hasn't been anything mind blowingly good. I've always been an an overwhelmingly uh, gracious uh, grader, even when I'm like grading papers and stuff. I'm a I'm a copy editor in real life, and I'm I'm very bad about telling people what they did wrong. So, yeah, I'm just a crotchety old man at this point in life. <laughs> and finally, our last question of the day comes from Yimyak. He has two questions: Who do you want to see in next year's top prospects tournament? And who do you think will win it? That's another booking thing. What the hell happened to QT Marshall? 
his contract right now, and he was just told, see you later. Talk about a top prospect. Didn't he come in in that tournament? No, he actually won a contract last year at Boiling Point in a four-way match that also involved Matt Taven. Oh, yeah. But he was also in the top prospect tournament, I believe. This, yeah, I don't know. Who cares? Um, who's out there right now? I've, um, you know what? Maybe, like, you think we'd see, would you consider Jigsaw a top prospect? I could see him or maybe somebody like Mr. Touchdown or yes. Biff, or Biff Busick. Biff Busick, yes. Um, I love what Biff Busick is doing. He had an awesome Iron Man, I heard, uh, with Eddie Edwards at the uh, Beyond Wrestling show in Providence last Sunday. We're just name-dropping everybody tonight. Um, we are. <laughs> but, yeah, he had he had that match. I, I feel like that guy has proven himself time and time again and why he hasn't. Has he gotten a shot in Ring of Honor? Not that I know of. I feel he like might have criminal. received one at some point, but not to my knowledge, he hasn't. Yeah, I feel like he should get a shot very soon, um, like for their next New England shows, whenever they are. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that's a good one, John Biff Busick. I don't um, – who else? Like, I'm trying to think. I think from the roster, people like a cheeseburger will make it. Um, that's the only person on the roster I can see as a top <laughs> prospect. Uh, maybe I guess you can do Cedric Alexander and Caprice Colmas as they're branching out into singles now, and they're singles prospects at this point. I don't know if he's signed to Gabe, but Andrew Everett would be good. He would be good. Uh, I could see Adam Page getting another shot at the tournament. Yeah, poor guy. Uh, Josh Alexander and Ethan Page, Monster Mafia, are just. They're such a good tag team, I think, but I've also seen them as singles guys, and they're very entertaining. As long as Ethan gets the opportunity to talk, he is so good. Um, I feel like they would be great in that tournament, um, as long as, again, he's allowed to cut promos. Yeah, then they actually had a match not too long ago in Ring of Honor as a tag team. Yeah, and it was they were really, to, really good. And they were supposed to have another one, then then they had border issues, and they haven't been back since. They are so good, man. Uh they are just I don't know if you've gotten to see the matches that Alexander had with uh, Michael Elgin in AIW, but they they tore the house down. Um so I mean I don't I hope Ring of Honor watches them or we're watching them because he has some op- they they have some promise as, as singles guys as well as tag team guys. Other utility players that you really need right now on the roster to fill the void if if uh the Wolves end up uh going to Orlando full time. And one more name, I'm not a big fan of him, but I know a ton of people are, is Drake Younger. Yeah, I mean, I find it so hard to not like him because I hate the deathmatch style. I do, like, I I, I appreciate the people who do it because I know it's an art form and it sells, but I don't like it. Um, But he is just such a, he's so likable. Yeah, he's a likable guy. I just don't enjoy watching him wrestle. (laughs) <laughs> Seems like a guy I'd want to hang out with, but I don't want to see him wrestle. Yeah, he, he's he's a he's a great guy, fun guy. Um, I don't know. I don't know if he would bring the non deathmatch style to Ring of Honor. Maybe for some reason, when I think Ring of Honor, I don't think Drake Younger, and that's not a knock on him, but I just it it doesn't like 
it doesn't click for me that way with Drake Young or Ring of Honor. But I'd love yeah, to that, see it. that was the name I thought of. I decided to throw out there. But uh, who do you think would win the top prospects tournament? I guess we're asking like what young guy that hasn't received much of an opportunity in Ring of Honor would you like to see receive an opportunity in Ring of Honor next year? <laughs> yeah, I feel like the person who would win is on the roster now. Yeah, so Adam Page. Adam Page. Is he How on the roster? About that? I don't know. I haven't seen enough of Adam Page to really make a judgment. He's been in like. I think the biggest, pro- highest profile thing he's done is like get a roll up win on Silas Young or something. Mm-hmm. So I think we need to see that fleshed out a little more. But yeah, probably just because they have some time um, to do stuff on the unexciting lower card. So we'll see what happens. But yeah, probably Adam Page. And I think the 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 big news out of that tournament though won't necessarily be the winner, but the 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 people we see the under the the rest of the tournament that makes any sense yeah that makes sense so big thanks to everybody for their questions the ROH cast for stepping it up and of course you can keep sending us those things on twitter on the forum and on facebook and we'll make sure to hit on everything you send us as long as they you're not trolling us and if you're trolling us just make sure they're funny and then maybe we'll read them then we'll still read them yep so that's it. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Enjoy the 1,000-hour uh, match you're getting this weekend on Ring of Honor TV. We'll be talking about that next week and so many other things. Remember to follow the podcast on Twitter, ROH underscore world. I believe Facebook is just ROH world, correct, John? That is correct. All right, and check out all the stories and reviews and things we have at ROHworld.com. So for the American Bearded Nightmare, John, I'm the zombie podcaster, Des, and we'll talk to you again next week on the ROH Cast.